0: Hello and welcome to Required Reading, a podcast that revisits the most impactful books from our childhood. I'm your host, Erin Bowles. I'm a writer and actor and comedian and on strike. And our guest today is Jenny Cavallero. Welcome, Jenny.
1: Thank you, Erin. I'm striking in solidarity.
0: Thank you. Before SAG went on strike, I was at a local pizza restaurant. Like I know the owners because we go there a lot. And they said like, oh, we just brought a bunch of pizzas to a WGA picket. And I said, thank you. And she left. And my boyfriend goes, why did you say thank you? Like it was <laughs> for you. And so You're we're like, like, now we can't go back. <laughs> can't.
1: You're like, it's for us. Yeah, <laughs> it still counts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but Jenny is a disabled writer, comedian, and librarian from Washington, D.C., She's a contributing writer for the Squeaky Wheel and co-host of the podcast, Too Many Jennifers, which I was on.
1: You were on it. And we have not recorded an episode in a year, but I still always include it because it will come back because mm-hmm. there's still too many Jennifers to cover and we have to talk about it. And yeah. the episode with you is so, so much fun.
0: Thank you. And we're having like a Jennifer Lawrence renaissance. I forgot to turn it on, do not disturb. I plugged my phone number into one website trying to find
1: healthcare and I've been getting calls every five minutes for the last week. I have been getting so many spam calls this week and they are for timeshares (laughs) and I've never felt so old as to someone saying this lady is in the demographic that not only needs, nay, wants a timeshare."
0: Our book today is Sideways Stories from Wayside School by Lewis Thatcher. It was published in 1978. You've got a copy. I have a copy. A little bit about 1978, the first GPS or global positioning satellite is launched by the U.S.
1: Wow, that early, huh? Yeah,
0: Jonestown happens. Ooh, that seems about right, yeah. The rainbow flag of the LGBT movement flies for the first time in its original form at the San Francisco Gay Freedom Day Parade. Excellent, great parade, and Garfield goes into national syndication.
1: Oh man, seventy eight! What a year! <laughs> That's pretty epic. Yeah. We met Garfield and the Pride flag. Oh. I'm gonna say maybe those things are linked. It's just joy. It's more joy. Yeah, keeping it positive. So, oh. and it's in the spirit of this book, which has some darkness, but yeah, a lot of um, silliness as well. Mm-hmm.
0: And our author is Lewis Satcher, who's best known for Holes, which won the U.S. National Book Award for Young People's Literature and the Newbery Medal from the American Library Association for the year's most distinguished contribution to American literature for children. He grew up in New York and went to Berkeley for college, where he worked at an elementary school for a couple college credits. He graduated in '76 with a degree in economics and started writing Wayside, naming students after students that he had worked with in Berkeley mm-hmm. at Hillside Elementary. And he was the art teacher, but he says that he doesn't often draw on real life. He says, quote, my personal experiences are kind of boring. I have to make up what I put in my books. He wrote it over nine months uh, at night while he was working at a Connecticut sweater
1: warehouse. (gasps) What? (laughs) (laughs) But he got fired from the warehouse. He wasn't keeping up with those sweaters. He was like making friends with the moths, man. That's a bummer. He submits it for publication
0: as he starts law school. And he finishes law school in 1980, but by 89 is making enough money as a writer that he can do it full time. And he, in 85, marries a woman named Carla Askew, who is an elementary school counselor and inspired the character of Stanley's lawyer in Holes, which I thought was very nice. Also,
1: Carla Askew, what an epic name. I really hope she didn't change it because that is a banger of a name. Mm -hmm. Like that is a literary name right there. Incredible. Carla, we love you. I hope you are a good person because it's a great name. But Jenny, what's your story with this book? How did it come to you? Well, I have to say, when we were talking about this podcast, I had a hard time picking a book because, number one, I was a child a long time ago. (laughs) Number two, I was a children's librarian for many years as well. So I have sort of a lot of children's literature knowledge from those years, too. But also I was having a hard time deciding between mm-hmm. books because there were some that really stuck out and there were some that stuck out that I didn't love too, but this is the one that kept coming up. And I think I mentioned this book to you more than once mm-hmm. as being like a zany book from my childhood. And I, I probably, I, I just reread this over the weekend as part of my homework, It's a very updated, like 2016 copy, but I probably read this book 30 years ago (laughs) for the first time. I think I read it in, it must've been third or fourth grade based on what I can recall. And this book is a middle grade novel, which for those who don't know, means it's like geared towards readers eight to 12. And that's just kind of a publishing distinction. Like that's probably who will find it the funniest and also like reading level wise, but what I remember most about this book from reading it the first time is I feel like it spread like a fever through the classroom <laughs> <laughs> because to an 8 or 9 year old and I think I was probably 9 when I read this this book is the craziest thing we had ever encountered. We were used to reading, you know, stories about kids who were like us or reading things like I liked the Ramona books a lot. I read all of those. I think I was reading The Babysitter's Club by the time I was eight uh, because my sisters read that and that was very popular in the 90s. So this was in 1993 or four that I was reading this book for the first time. And there's so many kids. I mean, there's 30 stories in here and there's so many kids that you could be like, that's just like Rebecca Mm -hmm. (laughs) or that is just like Steven. And I say it spread like a fever because I have no idea who read this book first, who got it from the library first, but then suddenly everyone knew about this book and everyone was like hungry for more. And thankfully there are sequels. (laughs) So it wasn't over, but this, the first one, just, I think I, I wanted to be funny when I was a kid too. And this book, it made me feel like these kids sort of got me in a silly way. Mm -hmm. For those who haven't read this book, it's about a school that was accidentally built incorrectly. So it's instead of having 30 classrooms on one level... They have one classroom per floor for 30 floors. And it's a walk-up. Okay. This is we have to mention 78. This is pre-ADA. There is no elevator. There is no access in this school. And so the kids that we learn about are on the 30th floor. So they're the coolest kids. They murder their teacher in the first chapter. Yes. Immediately. (laughs) Immediately. Who's to say? Who's to say she is like a classic sort of evil teacher it reminds me of the Miss Nelson books. If yes. you read those, she's sort of a, a classic, like mean, they always make the teachers kind of witchy looking mm-hmm. to make them seem evil. She turns all the kids into apples. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, at the end, she's turned into an apple. None other than Lewis, mm-hmm. who is the stand in for the author, eats her. Yes. <laughs> Chapter I... one.
0: <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> We are immediately starting off with complete anarchy, mm-hmm. and I also liked it in a little bit of like, she's she's undone by looking in a mirror at her own reflection, which is very, yes. very classical, very Medusa, which I, I felt like... I see what you're doing there, Lewis. I appreciate it. I also have read a book.
1: Uh (laughs) Yes. And I love that Lewis is the one who eats her. And he's introduced in that chapter as the yard teacher, which is not a term I was familiar with. And I actually looked up, I'm like, is he American? Is this a British term? But it means Mm -hmm. he's like kind of like the phys ed, like recess monitor guy so he's kind of always in the background as a part of the stories but he he comes in in a big way which is by eating their teacher
0: when his character is introduced in that i sort of had an immediate reaction of like judgment of like a self-insert character okay Mm -hmm. But now looking at it as he's the one who eats her, it feels like he is he's like, I'll take the fall for it. If anyone, <laughs> yeah. if anyone, you know, starts talking about what happened to Miss Gorf, I'll say I did it. You know, yeah. I'll,
1: I'll take that blame for the kids, which is He's which is he's cute. the creator and the destroyer of this of the characters in this book. Yeah. And he's in several chapters, he also like catches a girl who's falling out the window. He's like the keeper of the playground balls and Sort of like this friendly character because he's not the one having to discipline the kids either, which is always like the cool person at the school, right? It's like when you're eight years old, who do you think is cool at your school? It's like the janitor, the lunch lady, maybe the librarian. It's not your like teacher who's making you do homework, you know? It's the support staff who aren't making enough money but are cool.
0: And with Lewis, who is like a college student, just trying to, when he gives interviews, he's like, I thought it would be like three easy credits of like not being in class. (laughs)
1: So (laughs) I did it. That's interesting. I tried not to look up too much about him, although his author picture, he's an older man. Mm -hmm. So I was picturing him as an old man uh, wearing overalls with a rake, like sort of like groundskeeper Willie, but less sinister, a little more friendly. (laughs) And I don't know that I ever read Holes, actually.
0: I grew up with the Disney movie, but I know I read this book, and I never read Holes, uh, yeah. which would be a great episode to do one day. But I, I remember this book as being fun and silly, and also like, like kind of sinister, and yeah. something. There's a, there's an odd little undercurrent there.
1: Yeah, it's like the school was built wrong, and now things are going to go wrong to to strange ends, like. On page 25 of my copy, there's an armed robbery of the yes. class, <laughs> which product of 1978, you would not have s- people bringing in guns to rob a classroom today. Mm-hmm. And it's on the 30th floor. So the robbers go up 30 floors to rob the students. And of course, their kids. They don't have anything. Yeah. But they kind of feel special, too. Yeah. <laughs> because it's- it's something cool happened to yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when a kid falls and breaks their arm at recess it's all anyone can talk about for days It's like something different happened today it was traumatic but we're gonna talk about it for months
0: possibly years i mean the chapters i read it on an ebook and they're all like three or four pages long Mm -hmm. at the most and they're all kind of lightly traumatizing in one way or another like there's a lot of negativity and disappointment Mm -hmm. and frustration which really surprised me in looking back on it
1: yeah and i think part of that is very real to being a child being Mm -hmm. a child is everything feels really devastating and they try and do it in this humorous way where you know kids get their names written under discipline on the board and there's one kid who's constantly having to go home on the kindergarten bus because he gets in trouble and it's so sad but then there's like this chapter about sammy who's secretly a dead rat in a bunch of raincoats Terrifying. <laughs> it's so scary and dark and they just keep talking about how much he stinks and they just keep removing these jackets and it's a it's a dead rat in the end <sighs>
0: And there's an element of, like, it was a dark and stormy night, and (laughs) there's lightning clapping. And Sammy is a very terrifying chapter. I found that chapter and Jenny's
1: chapter the most unnerving. Jenny. Let's talk about Jenny, because, of course, I was thrilled looking back at this, that there was a Jenny character, which honestly probably played into me liking this book. And Jenny's chapter, I think, is one of – it's, like, the most Twilight Zone. yes. Absolutely.
0: And I think it was the one I remembered the most um, mm. of all of them. And all of them feel very dreamlike. And the, mm-hmm. like the, the logic feels like, not children's logic, but dream logic. Mm-hmm. But like I, I guess that makes sense. So I guess that's what we have to do next.
1: Yeah. And we're reading a story about a school. So we're suspending disbelief that we're grounded in reality. But I mean, we know from the first chapter that we're not, but it's like, I, we still forget it because it goes back and forth in the Jenny chapter. First of all, Jenny is so cool. She comes to school in the back of her dad's motorcycle, which like, yeah. Do you get cooler than that? No. How did you get to school growing up? I was the best kid. I was also a bus kid, yeah. But she shows up to school and no one's in the classroom and she's late because her dad has driven her on the motorcycle and she doesn't know what to do. So she starts doing her spelling homework, but it's all these really gruesome words. It's like mud and blood. And there's this sense of unease, like, where is everyone? And then secret agent type men burst in with briefcases and they're like questioning her about what she's doing in there and why she's doing her spelling homework and wondering where all the other students are. And he's like, she's like, maybe they went on a field trip. And he's like, no, they didn't go on a field trip. (laughs) And she's really, really worried. She starts crying. Two more men come in and they're like, what does she know? What are we going to do and in the end it's just revealed it's a Saturday. Jenny came to school on a Saturday and that's why no one is there. Yeah. But it's this really intense like what would a kid do in that situation?
0: Yeah putting myself back into to being, you know, fourth or fifth grade. I think was when I read this. For all I know, maybe that is what happens on Saturdays at school. Like I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know and I don't know what the adult world is like. So yeah. it is absurd and a lot of the stories are absurd, but I think like you said like childhood is so absurd that it could
1: could be real for all I know. And when things are outside of your routine, like if you had ever been to school, on an evening for Mm -hmm. your choir concert, and you walk by your classroom, there's something unsettling about it being dark and closed up. And it's very quiet. And there's something really scary about like going into the bathroom, all those stalls and no lights. And why wouldn't someone (laughs) be coming to bust you? I don't know. (laughs) Can we talk about the names in this book, though? Because, oh my gosh, Right off the top, one of the main things I remembered from this book was who I thought was the coolest girl in the universe, which was B.B. Gunn. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's an early chapter. Her name's just B.B. Gunn. And she draws pictures at like a mile a minute. Mm -hmm. She's a fast draw. She's a fast draw. And not only does she have like a cool name, which if you know what it is, you feel very grown up, but... I guess a BB gun. Kids know what, what those are, but I didn't have one growing up. Um, to me, it was like a Tommy gun. <laughs> right. Like a, a She was a mobster who could draw a lot of rabbits. And I feel like the kid who could draw really well had a lot of social capital at yes. that age too. Mm-hmm. Like they could draw anything. And that was, it was like a very influential in elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> so I loved her. Also, I have to say, I got to give our buddy Lewis props because the lunch teacher, her name is Miss Mush. Yeah. Which, just fantastic.
0: <laughs> Something that I enjoyed about this book was like, especially with the, the refrain at the beginning and the end of Lewis saying like, I told other kids this and they thought you were weird mm-hmm. and they're totally normal something I liked about it about this book is just like this is normal for this universe for this school this is the standard and I get so hung up on the school was built wrong because (laughs) you now live in DC I grew up in a DC suburb in Maryland which is I love you for many, many reasons, but it is really nice <laughs> that like you're, you, you know what I'm talking about. So I went to Poolsville High School, which is way out in the agricultural reserve. My freshman year of high school, we had our centennial from the one room schoolhouse. Oh wow! Every year, other schools that were like in the suburbs would get renovations, and our school would still like everyone said all of the drinking fountains tasted like blood. (laughs) And there were like mice just scurrying around on the floor all the time to the point where like, I was in the AV class one year and we had a new superintendent, Joshua Starr and he came to do like a town hall with everyone. And a bunch of the guys that I was friends with hijacked the the town hall to get the microphone and say, we haven't been updated since the 70s. We have the highest test scores in the county. When are you gonna give us drink (laughs) of (laughs) water?
1: We plugged in a computer and it exploded. <laughs> exactly.
0: Like there was um one program that like went on field trips all the time and so all the I wasn't in that program and we got jealous a lot and when you would talk across the programs they'd be like guys we're just going to the swamp next door. <laughs> like, that's all we're doing. But they had a special bus that was like in a cage in the back of the parking lot that looked really terrifying. That's incredible. Has it been updated since? not that I know of. (laughs) Just before I started, they built a science building, which was I think like eight classrooms total, but it was two stories, which the rest of the school was not. It was one story. I mean, that's shocking. Yeah. That's where the stairs were, was if you went to the science (laughs) building.
1: What is it about something having stairs that feels fancy? Like I grew up in a ranch house, you mm-hmm. know, my school was also one floor. Anything that had more than one story to me was for rich people. Yes. It was like, or it was a, a shopping mall. Yeah, <laughs> like-
0: I would like talk to girls in my Girl Scout troop who went to different schools. And they'd be like, yeah, I was on the fourth floor. And I like couldn't hear the rest of the story because I was hung up on not just one story, but two, but three, but four. <laughs> four stories four
1: four like what do you do (laughs) exactly well these kids just run out of breath because they're constantly going up 30 flights of stairs so
0: i'm worried about the kids who can't do that many stairs
1: i can't i'm worried about them too i'm like what happens when the ada arrives in 1990 (laughs) is it just (laughs) like like the first floor is all the kids who can't run upstairs? it's the accessible floor but they really got to get the school together. They do comment like, oh, well, we still have all this land. So now our recesses are just extra good. Huge. And to kids, that's the most important anyway. Because you always just have sort of like a like one tetherball. Yeah. <laughs> and like a fenced in little stretch there of asphalt that you're like recess. But you're so feral and with energy yeah. that it's like enough. Whatever you have is enough. I also we have to talk about the erics because this was yes. the this was the one part in the book that i hated and i actually expected more of this cuz this was written in 78 again i read this in the 90s and this is still a problem in children's literature but particularly at that time so we have three erics in the class which they name them very cutely. It's Eric Fry, Eric Bacon, and Eric Ovens. So it's like, oh, he's doing a cute little name thing. But then we get to the chapter for the Eric's, And of course, it is just full of fat jokes about children. Mm-hmm. And I hated it so much. And knowing that he worked in a school, I'm thinking like, this is a man who observed what what these jokes do to children and mm-hmm. how upsetting and devastating it is. And then I'm not surprised at all that this was included given the time, but I didn't like it. I would not recommend this book to Mm -hmm. a young kid anymore because of it, because I find it so... Like, imagine you're reading this book and there's a kid who's overweight in your class whose name is Eric. Then, exactly. like, s- immediately it's like, great, we can make fun of him. Especially, like, it.
0: like you said, that you, this book ran through your classroom so mm-hmm. fast and was so popular. And I think, like the, like, the underlying message of that chapter was sort of, like, everyone hated being called fat. They didn't enjoy it. And yet, Lewis, you're still doing it. Like it's, you're still it's doing still it. Sort of one of the only things that we know about them, mm-hmm. and you come off of it. I think in the chapter, like one of the Erics is very good at football, and one of the other Erics ha- has another skill. But that's not what the children remember, and that's not what we remember. It's it's a, right. a lesson that doesn't work and ends up perpetuating the same things it's trying to stand against.
1: Exactly. It doesn't matter. He's he tries to make the point that they're not. Quote, just fat, you know, but he also then refers to one of them as Fatso as their nickname for the rest of the book. Yeah. So it's not it's not good, Lewis. I don't like it. And this book has had many editions and it said something about it being revised. I don't know if they've ever made any other changes or excised other things. You know, I'm not saying every book has to has to be updated to fit modern sensibilities but i i think if you're going to update the cover art to make it appealing to kids you can update knowing better now Mm. that these types of things are not okay and they're things that kids hear all the time anyway so they don't need it from their silly book that they just want to like you know read about a dead rat in a raincoat you know like that's better yeah
0: yeah I think it's the same sort of argument that people come up with, with fantasy of like, you can create an entire fantasy world where like elves and orcs exist, but black people still don't. Right. And and it's, I want to come to this book, not just for fun, but also escapism, which is valid and real and like yeah. very, especially for kids, so important. And I think, I, I think you touched on this, like, I don't think we're any better in that specific area of depicting kids of all sizes Mm -mm. at all
1: no it's I mean and it's still very much a problem I mean you see fat jokes all the time even on like Mm -hmm. sitcoms and and on kids shows or even in like Disney stuff or fat people are just depicted as being lesser or being sloppy or not smart or not desirable Mm -hmm. you know and it's like We just don't need that. And we don't need it, especially for kids who are so impressionable and for kids who will just internalize that as like, oh, I'm I'm not worthy because of this thing. So that that made me sad. That was like, you know, it's like, oh, I probably wouldn't tell a a kid to read this anymore because it's just like it is outdated, but it's also just it's just shitty, you know,
0: and the Eric's don't even they don't even each get their own chapter.
1: The no they get version. one yeah ultimately. although they don't have the shortest chapter which is of course no. chapter 19 yes which if you yeah. haven't read the book there is no 19th floor on in wayside school which leads us to like one of the i think the funniest chapters and i, I wrote it down It is actually calvin's chapter when he's <laughs> He's tasked with delivering a letter to Miss Zarvis on the 19th floor from his teacher, but the 19th floor doesn't exist and neither does Miss Zarvis. And so it's like a who's on first gag of, you know, how he how we deliver, how he doesn't deliver the note, but that he does a good job um, not delivering the note. So then Ms. Zarvis's chapter is 19. And it just says, there is no Miss Zarvis. There is no nineteenth story. Sorry. And I love the just the playfulness <laughs> of of using story for both the chapter and the story of a building. So yeah. he, that was he plays fun. with form a little bit in fun little. yeah, ways.
0: I, I don't know how often children's books, play with form in that way Mm -hmm. that are are beyond just telling the story and I think that especially like if you are a really creative kid if you are starting to think that you want to be a writer at this point in my life I think I wanted to be a dentist because I had braces for the first time and I was like it changed my life I want (laughs) to give everyone this
1: i want them to feel pain
0: i want them all to know the power of a beautiful smile
1: wow that's so uplifting (laughs) we had wooden nickels and i found some recently from dr arpino orthodontics and i want to know if they're worth anything (laughs) i had braces three times Oh, i feel like one should be enough but i I had some mouth problems so and now we have beautiful smiles that i ruin with coffee every day i have (laughs) one little tooth that keeps popping out that
0: we gotta not out of my mouth but out of a line (laughs) so it's just gonna you can just
1: remove it put it back it's like it's like a 90s game like take aaron's tooth out that's fun that's what you're doing on the picket lines just passing that tooth Pass that tooth who's got the tooth today oh the tooth has its own little picket sign (laughs) i wish so cute they're like, you can't handle the tooth. So Annie, get cute. out here.
0: Come on. <laughs> I know. We need you. I need to
1: be using my powers for good. <laughs> I'm just sitting on the couch. I think our storm passed, though. Oh. So that's a storm update from the past for everyone. <laughs> I
0: miss Maryland summer storms. Like nobody's.
1: Yeah. Us. They're pretty good. I was hoping for more of a barn shaker today, which is what I would call it in the Midwest, because Midwest summer storms are pretty great too. But when I moved here, I'm from Illinois and I lived there my whole life. I moved here when I was 26. And the first time there was a tornado warning, I was very confused that there was no siren because Mm -hmm. in the Midwest, there is a siren that plays throughout the town. This sounds so made up if you're not from a place that does this, but it plays and they test it In my town, it was every, the first Tuesday of the month at 10 a.m., you'd hear the sirens. And that was the test to make sure they were working. So everybody would do that thing where it's like, oh, is there a tornado? Nope, it's Tuesday. (laughs) But here people, and this was before everyone had a smartphone. Mm. A lot of people did, but this was 12 years ago. And so I was just like, so what do people, how do they know? And they're like, I don't know, you just like find out. (laughs) and that was not a good answer for me it's like do i need to have a ham radio on at all times is that how ham radios work i don't know
0: (laughs) i think in like my 12 years of of maryland public education i think we had one tornado drill Mm. um i think in the whole time because there was a blizzard when i was in seventh grade i learned how to knit a hat that week wow I think my first year of college, I was back home visiting, and we had an earthquake that cracked the Washington Monument.
1: Yes, that was right before, I, I think the year before I moved here. People and still talk about it.
0: <laughs> it. It was such a non-event. It was like everyone came out of their house into the street and was like, was that what an earthquake was? <laughs> anyway. Was that? Yeah, I think that was. <laughs> okay. And then
1: we always went back in our houses and never talked to each other. I know you're in California, earthquake central.
0: Yeah, we haven't had many in the last
1: like year or two. Saving them up, saving them up. Gotta end that strike. Keep the earthquakes at bay. Support your unions. I think these plates are on our side. Yeah, they're definitely on your side. Yeah, the forces of the universe. One
0: of the things that was surprising to me about all of the stories was how frustrating they were. I think both for me mm. and like, the reader and the children, like the second chapter, we get the new teacher of Mrs. Drools, and she thinks they're all monkeys. Because I think the logic is students can't be this cute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, then,
1: and she won't drop it no. for a while.
0: Yeah. And coming back to this, I was surprised at how like worried about so many kids I was in this book. Like <laughs> Sherry is an early chapter. And they talk about her weight also they talk about Mm -hmm. her eyelashes which are a pound and a half she is always wearing the same coat and sleeping all the time which sounds like trouble at home
1: i was very worried about sherry and she falls out the window
0: yes and the later chapter when leslie is searching for a purpose for her toes it's revealed that sherry
1: sucks on her toes we need to get sherry checked in on sherry is not sherry needs to be on a free lunch program because she's not getting enough to eat and she's not getting enough rest i think mom works like two jobs Mm -hmm. probably sherry's up late trying to take care of stuff and she's too little and then she falls out the window and thankfully lewis catches her because he's our hero and everyone's just like oh yeah that's sherry she does but that. Yeah. What was up with mm-hmm. Kathy? Kathy has yes. a lot of trauma because she hates everyone. No
0: yeah. one likes her. There's a little anecdote about a cat and she says the next time I get a cat I'll kill him and yes. never run away. From a, you know, an authorial point of view, I think Satcher's kind of saying like negativity begets negativity and she assumes that you won't like her so automatically you don't and all of that and Mm -hmm. as someone who has mental illness i was not having it i was i don't think that's how that works
1: they even assume that the reader won't like her they're like see she's not very likable and it's like no kathy has trauma and she's pushing people away she needs a hug like from someone she trusts (laughs) and go from there
0: Mauricia eats ice cream for lunch every day, which as a kid sounds very fun. And I wanted to ask you this about like, were there characters who reminded you of kids in your class because Mm. they said that I was like, oh, there was a girl in high school who for like all of junior year ate ice cream every day for lunch. She would go to like the mom and pop shop gas station. And I would think like, that's so silly of her. And now I'm like, no, that girl definitely had an eating disorder. Like putting all the points together from other years that I knew her, this is,
1: where was my teacher? I remember him clocking it. Well, the one that reminds me the most of my friend in fourth grade, she had just moved to our town and she was in my fourth grade class and her name was Amanda. And she was really good at drawing and she was like really pretty and tall. And I wanted just like the ease with which she approached being a child. <laughs> I was like, that was not that way. I, I felt like nervous all the time and... I was a little bit shy at that point. You know, that was when I started to become more shy at school. And so, like the BB character who has an assistant yes, <laughs> basically Calvin. who helps her accomplish her drawing goals. Although BB isn't really at ease, she's very. Wow stressed out about drawing more pictures than she did the last time. And then she's stressed out about just drawing one perfect picture. It's like, I don't know, I now reading these as an adult, and I don't have children. And I, you know, I have some children in my life that I care about very much. But their struggles like really break my heart as an adult, because you just remember that feeling of of feeling like you weren't going to be good enough or feeling like other kids weren't going to like you or wanting to be a part of things in the world and not knowing how to do that.
0: Often there is no right answer. Like You do all the right things. I think it's Myron who is class president and he ends up saving a dog and doing all these things and yet he loses his class president job because he was out saving literal lives yeah it's 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 the summer of barbie and there's no right way to be a woman but maybe also there's few right ways to be a child
1: yeah man myron that was a great that was a touching chapter Mm -hmm. because yeah he loses his presidency because his only job is to turn the light on and off at the beginning and end of the day and he misses it because he's saving his classmate's dog and it ends by them saying he was actually the best president of all and no one knew, you know, and it's, it's just really touching. It's like, maybe it's just about going, doing good acts and like hoping that it works out, even if no one acknowledges it. I don't know. In that story where I think he's
0: like, there has to be more to president than, than turning on lights, Ooh. which which also felt like there's this girl who, who needs her toes to have a purpose, but yeah. they're not good enough she to just wants be on to, her
1: feet. She wants to cut them off and yeah. sell them to Lewis. <laughs> and bartering her
0: toes, which I mean, if you if you want to you can spiral off into a place of like girls trying to mutilate their bodies to, to be profitable and that might be reaching too far.
1: So. Yeah, feeling like everything that you do needs to have a purpose and a place or else it's not worth anything she's like my hands you know write stuff and hold things and what do my feet do what do my toes do and these sweet babies be, <laughs> but you but can I, stretch them i did notice that there were a few
0: moments where they they talk about it was rondy who's missing teeth and dana who has glasses mm-hmm. and both of their intros sort of felt like finding beauty in like
1: what is typically considered defects. Yes. So like that was really touching, especially 78, like wearing glasses was not (laughs) a mainstream cool thing to, to do. It was not, you know, I wasn't around then yet, but even, you know, in the 80s and 90s, it was like people would just call you four eyes or whatever they wanted to. And I thought that was a really lovely depiction of like, yeah, no, this just makes her even better. And so then it makes it disappointing when you get to the, the three Eric's chapter because you're like, Lewis, you know how to do better. You yeah. know how to lift these kids up mm-hmm. and make them feel good in their bodies and brains. And then he just says, Never mind, we're not gonna do that.
0: Yeah. Cause I don't think I ever like got bullied or anything for my glasses, but I remember having extreme ang- I got them in third grade. And Me too. Having- oh. I remember so much anxiety about going to gym class and breaking mm. them, which is funny because then in ninth grade, I did break them in gym class. My my very good friend was trying to send me a volleyball and it just, oh. <laughs> and it, was, it was also connecting again to Wayside. It was the day of our Halloween
1: party. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, there's a really, there's a chapter about Halloween where no one else stresses up. Even though it's the Friday before Halloween. Halloween's on a Sunday. And I'm like, yeah, obviously you would dress up on Friday. This kid's right. What are you yes. talking about? <laughs> Why are we not all taking the opportunity to dress up? We're children. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Do they ever say what grade they're in even? I don't think so. I assumed like third or, I, I mean, it's elementary,
1: but I assume yeah. third or That's what I assumed too. And I think I assumed that because of who it's written for, because usually really? it's written for the audience that's depicted. Mm -hmm. But when I read this, and that was in like 93 or four, I think we all assumed it was a new book because it probably had an updated cover. And it's that kid thing where if something's new to you, like no one else has ever heard of it. (laughs) It's like, no, this book was like 15 years old already. But it does feel timeless in a way. The only sense you get that it's you know, set a little further back is when she is trying to sell her toes and the monetary value of like what 50 cents would buy you, (laughs) (laughs) where she's like, it's a lot more. So you're like, that's not a great deal. But back then, but everything else feels very timeless, which Mm -hmm. is smart. There's no other like cultural references that would date the book.
0: I got this sense that I don't think I really understood until now. But I think so many of the stories are about the things that aren't there, like mm-hmm. about her teeth, or about the 19th floor, or there's the ice cream flavor, or Sammy, the rat. That makes a lot of sense. When you were a child, you were seeing it as the absence of adulthood, and mm. I have yet to get to this point where everything will be different and better and more full and more real somehow.
1: That was really beautiful, Aaron. Thank you. Now I have to cough. <laughs> you had to get that out and then you had to cough the rest.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that Rondi has the story about her teeth. And I think halfway through, Lewis tells her to smile and she punches
1: him in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, good for you, man. <laughs> yeah. Good. That was, that was a good moment. I liked that. <laughs> Don't tell me to smile. No, leave me alone. <laughs> we do have some strong characters. I will say, like, I feel like the gendered stuff is mm-hmm. not as heavy-handed as I would have expected from the seventies. Like, a lot of the girls are tough, and the boys aren't like stereotypical bullies, you know, like they are often in kids' books.
0: Yeah, I think the only like story that really touches on gender is Nancy's about Nancy is a girl's name on a boy. Oh yeah, but that's all about subverting gender. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That was, I think, such a sweet story because I think Nancy and Mac like don't have conversations. They just see each other and kind of wave and, and that they are friends before they even find out about this commonality about themselves. Yeah. But they both have odd names and then they say, well, you can have mine and I can have yours. and and Yeah,
1: just enough for everyone. Enough of it to go around. Enough dead rats to go around in this classroom for yeah. sure. Amen. <laughs> yes. Are you going to read the sequel? Wayside school is falling down.
0: I only read the first one and I know I checked it out from the library and I think I was in fourth or fifth grade. And this one detail I've been racking my brains for for weeks, I went to three different elementary schools and I think my fourth and fifth grade librarian was named Miss Mittens. (gasps) And there's no way that can be right, but it feels so nice.
1: That's stunning. I love that. I wish my name was Miss Mittens as a librarian. (laughs) I definitely remember I read the trilogy that was out at the time because there's this one, Sideways Stories, and then Wayside School is Falling Down, which I think I remember liking even more, but it could have just been the name because that's funny. And then there was Wayside School Gets a Little Stranger, and now, according to the blurb on my 2019 edition, there's another one called Wayside School Beneath the Cloud of Doom. So yes. I'm curious if it's always the same kids. Satcher says that he named some of the
0: kids in this book after kids he knew, mm-hmm. and I I'm interested to know like what what other things carry over from like what, what were the you know the little acorns that sparked some of these characters.
1: I'm amazed at how many of the names feel timeless too, yeah. because it's '70s. Like a lot, some of them are more unique, but they don't. It doesn't feel dated from that perspective either. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's no like. Betsy or (laughs) maybe that would have been 10 or 20 years earlier but of course there's a Jennifer, there should be more actually.
0: That was one thing I didn't hate about the Erics is that there were like four Samuels, two Williams three Charlies I for some reason remember that very tenderly, all of the different ones that you had to differentiate between
1: Yeah, you'd be like that's that's Amy F and that's Amy S Mm -hmm. (laughs) That feels like a little bit of a hug. <laughs> yeah. Aww.
0: I'm looking through the rest of my notes. There's I think it's DJ who's smiling the whole time. I think I preferred the stories when there wasn't really a moral and they felt a little like shoehorned. Because I think that mm-hmm. one the quote I have written down is, you need a reason to be sad. You don't need a reason to be happy. Which is like, I understand
1: where you're coming from. <sighs>
0: However, We're talking about my mental illness.
1: <laughs> what if I don't want to perform emotion at all? <laughs> what if I tried to be happy for one dinner and
0: then tried for five <laughs> hours after <work laughs> from the sheer effort? That sounds right. <laughs> that sounds right. I appreciated that there was this sort of constant conflict of feeling not heard or misunderstood.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's so being a kid. Mm. Feeling like people aren't listening to you or aren't taking you seriously. Or even if you tell the truth, people aren't going to believe you.
0: I love just getting to spend time in an elementary school Halloween party. I love yeah. getting to spend time. that Even in the 70s, there, we're going to watch a movie days where you roll out a television.
1: <laughs> it's nice. It's cozy. We can go back to those cozy places in yeah. our minds and then skip over the trauma parts. <laughs> I forget his name, but there was a, a
0: spoil sport kid.
1: And I appreciated that... like.
0: The only person who really gets bullied other than the Eric's, is a kid who is
1: like actively being a little booger. You know? <laughs> Did you ever watch Recess? A little bit, yeah. There was that one kid, I think his name was Randall. Oh, and he was like this? Yeah, and he was like the foil always mm-hmm. and trying to ruin people's fun and like stop them from getting away with things. And it's like, just be cool, man. Just yeah. be cool. <laughs> <laughs> at the
0: same time, I have always really bonded and like felt connected to the... Like, I, I was looking at Christy Carlson Romano, who was in Even Stevens. I, for some reason, I was looking at her Instagram earlier. And I remember her character on Even Stevens being like the annoying sister who wants to follow rules. But I was very much like, rules give a have yeah. life order
1: and i really <laughs> like rules and i, I was too <laughs> i was too it's like if you don't follow the rules then people will give you a hard time
0: yes. <laughs> like the only way you escape being noticed yep. is by following the
1: rules mm-hmm. by getting good grades and keeping mm-hmm. under the radar did we would I, have been friends yeah, absolutely there were
0: two insults in that chapter that i really liked that was take a train peanut brain i wrote that down
1: too <laughs> and,
0: eat a frog warthog
1: <laughs> nice yeah take a train peanut brain is truly like that's a scholarly insult right there <laughs> it's so many levels and they all work so many I'm right there it's it's devastating frankly if someone said that to me I'd be like holy shit I'm gonna get on that train because I have to get away from here <laughs> I have to go home." I have nothing in, else. in shame the shame I will feel on that train is palpable mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah that was Terrence I underlined right. it and dog-eared the page I bought the book nice. I would never dog-ear a library book thank you I also would have checked it out from the library, but it was checked out already, so (laughs) that's when, you know, some child should read it. I would totally, like, share these stories, like, with my nieces and stuff. Mm -hmm. I think they would find a lot of them funny. Just, like, an edited version,
0: maybe. Yeah,
1: or maybe if we were, like, reading a book together. Right. I'm curious if the second one has the same problems, because that Mm -hmm. one came out, I think there was quite a gap between the two. It was around 10 years or something as it got more popular. Mm -hmm. And there've been definitely books that have a clear, are clearly inspired from this. There's a My Weird School series that came out, but that one is less, this one is short stories, which I think I liked as a kid too, because they're all connected and they Mm -hmm. all build on each other, but you can just read a couple and still enjoy it. How do you feel
0: having come off
1: of the whole experience of reading it again and
0: spending time with it?
1: I feel pretty good. I can see what I liked about it as a kid. I think it definitely informed my sense of humor at that age. Um, Like the little bit of absurdity and like finding a little bit of glee when things just were sort of topsy-turvy and didn't make sense. I will say it held up better than I thought it would. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a B. You've kind of answered this question. Would you consider a required reading? Ooh, mm. I'm going to say if we could excise the three Eric's chapter, then yes. I mean, I read this in like probably 30 minutes, the whole thing. (laughs) And I think it's fun. And I think the weird kids and the sort of more straight laced kids would find it funny. But I'm going to just excise uh, because it's our our podcast. We'll just take out the instead of there being no 19th story, there'll be no 22nd story. (laughs) We'll just take it out. Just for the good of the youth. You can Uh, even put a note of like, there used to be a story here and it was really mean to kids who were different sizes. And that's why we took it out. And we took it out because we don't like that. So I just hope uh, Wayside School eventually became ADA compliant because that was right around the corner.
0: We can hope. Maybe that's why it fell down. Maybe I
1: don't know. It wasn't structurally sound. They tried to put in a ramp, and it was like it was over. (laughs) It was all the way up to the thirtieth story, and it was more like a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that could be kind of fun. Like I'm thinking like of a mouse trap type situation.
0: (laughs) Oh man, yeah.
1: Man, that was a great game so good it never worked right but it was no. so good
0: <laughs> and i remember i remember being frustrated i remember my parents being frustrated but yeah. i want it back and i want to play it now
1: yeah you could you could just build your own rube goldberg machine like you're on strike you have some um, time
0: i'm making weirder crafts like oh. I, I could
1: i'll send you some later um please please I have right
0: now i just have this plant that i'm killing accidentally but oh um, <laughs>
1: I've gotten into making friendship bracelets so I should I'll make you one and send it to you like Taylor Swift style ones with beads not braided because that's it's too much education for me at this age (laughs) I can't learn intricate braiding patterns but I've been making them for people and giving them to them and I'm not sure everyone likes it but I'm just keep doing it yeah Hurt them just like oh i'm on your show and i'm gonna put a little word on there that is from one of your jokes and maybe you'll find that charming and nice <laughs> That's So sweet. I <laughs> we'll love see that. i think we're all just kids trying to make friends you know
0: exactly i have had yeah. a big nostalgia kick lately for for summer camp and that was oh, one of man. the big
1: uh yeah.
0: essential pieces of summer camp was, was yeah
1: yeah the arts and crafts hut was my favorite for sure. For sure. Well, this has been lovely. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for coming. This is really fun. It was fun to revisit and like get in touch with, with little Jenny and what she found fun.
0: I'm so glad. That's the whole point. Yay.